0: i I wanted him to always remember where we came from and the reasons why we came to the United States and um, most of all to be um, a happy, successful boy and whatever he wanted to do. That was my, my three main reasons was one that that he would never forget where we came from. That he was happy and successful, and that and that we that he felt always loved, and I think I, I, I think I succeeded at, at it.
1: <laughs>
2: this is Status, a show about the people we love, the places we come from, and where those two things intersect. Today, I've got the story of a mother and son who moved to Kansas City and left everything they had in Colombia. It's the story of Juan, a PhD candidate at the Graduate School of Education at Stanford, and Juan's mom, Patricia, a physical therapist from Montezales, Colombia. If you've heard the show before and you haven't given it a review on iTunes, I would ask that you pause the show now and go ahead and go do that. I'll be here when you get back. If that seems like too much work, you can also tweet or share it with a friend. Okay, let's get to it.
1: My mom and I came to the United States in 1992. I was two years old, and I don't think it was kind of a usual usual move in terms of going kind of to... Texas or California or Miami, where I think big destinations are, but we went straight to Kansas City, Missouri, and that was to go and and stay with my mom's partner and partner's sister, so basically mom's sister-in-law, and that was kind of the only family that we had there in Kansas City at the time. A lot of the things that that I remember are not kind of very difficult or, or painful from a very early, early time, but... Um, in, in talking with my mom now, I I realized that there was so much kind of going on under the surface that she, through her desire to, to make sure that I was, you know, kind of being raised as, as a happy and hopeful person, um, didn't really let a lot kind of seep through all the way to me.
0: I was involved in, uh, in an abusive relationship and because back then I wasn't uh, a citizen. The man that I was with thought that he could abuse me using the power of, well, I am a United States citizen and you're not. Because of that, I decided to, to leave him, but I needed to protect myself. So, Mom said, you know, we're, we're
1: no longer going to live in this house. We're, we're going to figure out some things for a while. It's just going to be you and me. And then, and then we moved to a to a big house with lots of windows and lots of doors.
0: So, we went to a safe home. You know those houses that protect women and children. Mm-hmm. Because we have to leave the house right quick. Uh, I told Juan that that we were going in an adventure, and that that we were just trying to plan how we'll be able to survive just the two of us. So everything that I did and we, and we, uh, well, that we went through, um, I tried to make him like it was a challenge to see if we could survive because I didn't have uh, a place to live. I didn't have a place. I mean, nothing. We were just at that house. But I didn't want him to feel the the limitations of, you know, anything. I didn't want him to not be a happy boy. For instance, we lived in a in a room with bank beds, and we had to share one bank bed for us. So I told him that that was kind of the one of the survival things we should learn is how to have to sleep and have to live with everything under the bed, because all the the belongings that we have with donations and, and things that that people will give us, and we have to keep it under the bed, otherwise somebody could take him. So he never thought that that was a safe home he never felt that that uh, circumstances were difficult he never felt that we didn't have money for groceries my main goal was to make the best out of that boy without him feeling that he was less than anybody i didn't want him the fear or or the difficulties that we have to diminish his his love for life, his love for being the best, his happiness—I didn't want that to take that away. So I never told him. From what
1: Mom tells me, now, kind of in retrospect, that summer she she basically couldn't do it anymore. She she realized she was being controlled, um, manipulated, and she kind of broke it off with with her partner then at the time and realized she had really nowhere to go. And yet it didn't feel like I I didn't feel insecure. I didn't feel unsafe because it was just kind of like the next step in this process of whatever adventure, uh, mom was taking me on. And I think she always was focusing on it in that sense. And, and because of that, I, I didn't really have a reason not to trust her. You know, I had, um, I had her, I had my, you know, like stuffed animal, and uh, you know, that was that was the only that was the only team I needed at that time. I never really appreciated that until actually I was, you know, graduating high school, applying to college and kind of talking through all the stuff, you know, looking at, at uh, financial aid and the FAFSA and just like going through our lives that a lot of the stuff finally came out and it was just it was shocking for me to to realize how how much of the story was kind of like a two sided, you know, happy childhood that was more than I think I realized like constantly on the brink of, of falling apart. After that we, we got an apartment in in Kansas. you know we had gone just from like you know having having a family, you know, mom, dad figure, me, a house, everything. Um, and at that time, mom was studying English, studying kind of like physical therapy, vocabulary and things, because she, she's a physical therapist by training and you know by education in Colombia. She's working at Dillard's and, and trying to, to be a physical therapist, trying to, to do the career that she knows she can. And just the, the language barriers, the technology barriers, all these different things of being in a country in the middle of the country where not that many people speak Spanish and just trying to trying to balance these things and, and finally like become a physical therapist I think was was something that that really was among the most difficult phases of her life. Meanwhile, um, right like we're, we're getting by we have a small apartment and it's and it's okay but she um, you know she's working at Dillard's. She's doing great. She's making end meet. She learned how to uh, wrap Christmas wrapping in a way that I've never seen anybody else do. So that is, uh, that is just one of the many superpowers that she has. And so throughout this time, it was just kind of a very, a very different shift from kind of having, having the stability to now like needing to pass these boards, needing to like learn English and learn enough English to, to be able to be a physical therapist here.
2: It's here that Juan took on a role that many podcasts about immigration have pointed out, but also that many immigrant children know well.
1: I was basically the translator at grocery stores or different situations that we needed to speak in, and I was able to pick up some of those words faster. And I know that's not a unique experience for you know for young children um, of immigrants or immigrant children at all, but it, it still was very surreal to, to be both the like, linguistic and cultural translator for, for my mom. And because I was the only child, because she was the only parent, knowing kind of without question that that is what I had to do.
2: Juan talks a lot about the dual nature of his and Patricia's relationship. There's the fundamental mother-son relationship, but there's also this partnership that's born completely out of necessity. His needs as a child meant that he had to rely on Patricia, and Patricia's needs to get back to work in the field she was most qualified for Necessitated that she learn from her son. They were all each other had.
1: Her relying on me for for the motivation and the certainty that what she is doing is worth it. And me of course relying on her for uh you know, being my mom for, for doing the things that needed to be done to have a place to sleep and, and have food and go to school you know, it definitely solidified that, you know, kind of partnership was not just a like, oh, you know, you're my child and I do these things for you. But as I got older, I think it was definitely, you know, pilot and co-pilot type of thing where it's like, I I need you to help me fly this plane, right? I need you to help me um, apply for these things and, you know, pass my citizenship test. You know, she took it and we studied together and like these kinds of things where it honestly was not just a symbolic you know, parent-child type of partnership, but honestly, um, you know, two people working together to try to make it because we were the only
0: social network that we had. And I think that the mother and son relationship is per se and is not going to change. But the pilot and co-pilot has been an interchangeable relationship. I had to ask him for translation of what what pillow or a blanket or a snack meaning because I didn't know some of the things that that I as a mom as you know very simple things and and the everyday issues and he was kind of um, directing me or helping me there I made the the pilot role taking decisions making making the decisions that it needed and or bad but I made the decisions and he will follow other times I was the one who was kind of lost and I didn't have anybody but him to to help me you know what is north
2: One of those decisions that Patricia made was that Juan would always spend the summers with his family in Colombia. It was important to her that Juan know about where they had come from and the family they had left there. She would work all year long just to be able to send him to stay with his aunt and uncle for the summer.
0: First of all, I wanted him to to receive that family environment, the love, the the culture, the... What, what is what really make us what we are and to have that beautiful feeling of belonging. One of the most uh, strong feelings that I had when I came in here is I didn't belong to, well, I didn't belong anywhere. I, I was a completely stranger and I didn't want him to, to feel that he didn't have a root that will ground him so that's why I couldn't go, but he went every summer and spent the summer there with my sister and my family.
1: Absolutely. Every summer, I think that was that was something that, you know, changed my life and shaped it because because that was just what I did growing up. My grandfather was was always kind of, uh, you know, just a very inspiring model for me, Um and I think because of those trips to Colombia, like i've I've never been doubtful of kind of what it means to to live a good life or what it means to to be a person with character, to be a person of character. You know, I didn't really need to have a a, a father figure kind of immediately in my life, you know, and like a stepdad or or anything like that because you know I, I had I had my family, I had my grandfather, I had my uncle, that that's kind of what I needed.
0: It was very expensive, so I, I didn't have the money to to travel both of us. So I work all year, and I will get the money for him to go. And um, there were very difficult circumstances at times, where where I didn't know if if he if I was able to. Bring him back.
2: What strikes me is that Patricia raised her son so completely intentionally. She valued those trips so much that even though she couldn't go herself, she worked all year to send him. Now, over the years, Patricia's and Juan's situations would improve, and that would start with them moving away from their small apartment in Olathe, Kansas.
1: You, you could see all of the rooms at the same time by just standing, you know, standing in the kitchen. Um, right. It was like the kitchen is also the living room. And then there's just two two bedrooms right next to it. And that was it. But yeah, mom was was doing her job and doing it well. She got a job offer and different opportunities in Columbia, Missouri. And so that's that's what we did. I would basically call Columbia, Missouri where where I grew up. Mom was, she got a job as a physical therapist. She got uh, promoted to be manager of therapy, program director.
2: Columbia, Missouri would turn out to be pivotal for both Patricia and Juan. You know, mom
1: at that time had already, she'd gotten remarried. Uh, she, you know, we had, a, we had a house, everything seemed fine. Um, she found out she was pregnant. And her husband at that time just was not going to go for it. He's he's basically saying, like, we're we're too old to have a child. I did not sign up for this. I do not want to have a child. And it was kind of a very a difficult thing for, for me as an 18-year-old to grasp, you know, here in a, an adult man with a family and a wife and kind of like a stepson and children of his own could suddenly just be like, I, you know, I'm really not going to go for that. But he did and um, and he and he left he just left. you know mom was pregnant with, uh, with a small child. Her older son was about to you know leave for, for college somewhere. She had just gotten separated from and left and just having that uncertainty I think was something that looking back on it both of us were you know it's always very astounding to see like how well we did given given what that what that chapter of the story was yeah gabriel gabriel was born um Kind of April of my senior year. I always describe it as, you know, when people ask me, "Am I an only child or do I have any siblings?" I basically say it is that I was an only child, uh, and then I had a sibling, <laughs> because, you know, I I didn't have I didn't have a brother until after I was 18 years old. I remember that one of my one of my most vivid memories of senior year was I was. President of what was called the Global Issues Club, and we were leading a conference, kind of just an academic conference, and that was kind of my like crowning thing of, of being a senior in high school. That happened the day after my little brother Gabriel was
0: born. Because having Gabriel at a late in life without um, the support of his father made me come back. Into some of the feelings that I have when I was a single man with him, with the difference that that now I have him, when he is a, a rock, you know, a support for 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 some things or some uh, decisions that I need to make, even in relation with Gabriel. Sometimes we feel that um, that is almost. A deja vu for me where uh, of course my circumstances are completely different now uh, beginning with Juan being a wonderful uh, young man that I can count on but at uh, certain times I I feel like he's well here we go again I, <laughs> I just start with another boy but, but now um, I have Juan to to lean on and and he has a brother that, that looks up to him. So I don't know if that will be too much for Juan's shoulders, but he wow. well, he has the strength to it.
2: All of that pressure Patricia's concerned about, it did get to Juan. It happened right about the time he was figuring out what he wanted to do after
1: high school. Um and I, I remember, I vividly remember going on a walk with my mom outside of our house and we just kind of like back and forth you know it was it was was like a dead-end street kind of and so we were just we were just like pacing um you know and just and just breaking down and telling her like i can't i can't do this i can't leave you i can't leave um my brother i i don't know if that's if that's a call that i can make um And, and I'll never forget it. She, she told me like, this is something that we have been working together for, for years. And she knew with certainty that, sorry, um, she knew with certainty that like, kind of no matter where I was, you know, one, I would always be coming back. I would always be there for them. And two, you know, we didn't know what the future was like, it would just kind of be four years and then we could see kind of how everything played out and how, uh, you know, I could come back if I wanted to. And she told me like, we have been building your wings for for 18 years and and you need to get out of here like, you know, you need to fly away so you can come back. And I think that was, uh, you know, that was the push that I needed to, um, to go. I went to Colorado college. I had a, uh, you know, a full, a full ride scholarship to study neuroscience there. Um, that was, that was a blessing. That was something that I was not ready for, you know, just, just being able to have that opportunity that I, again, I think it's so easy to to take for granted kind of as you're narrating the story of your life but you know i i got an offer from from colorado college to go there i got an offer for college to be paid for and she you know my mom told me like we're we're going to be here you need to take that so
0: I hope that he knows the, the the really meaning that he gives to our lives. I guess every mother will say that about their sons, but uh, because of the circumstances that we have been through uh, here in the United States, the, the the bond that we have made is just... Is, uh, Oh well, it's stronger. I definitely think so. It's stronger. I've been circumstances where, if I didn't have Juan, I probably have crumbled in pieces. And he didn't know that he was the glue that killed me together. But, but it still has a lot of meaning to our lives, my life, Gabriel's life, and um, it's just like he just needs to be. Doesn't need anything but be and everything is okay. He has been the pilot of of the plane for a long time and um and then sometimes I I take over, you know, it's almost very beautiful that we don't even notice it. when is when you just pass the command to the other one but But I think that he has been more a a pilot lately than than he realizes.
2: It's hard to overstate how proud Patricia is of Juan. Her love as a mother and her respect as co-pilot was one of my favorite things about making this episode. And so, before I go, I just want to let Patricia talk mostly unedited for a little bit.
0: Uh, extremely proud. Actually, um, hmm. I think that when i when I look at him' it's, it's not that I will say it. he's my son. it's mostly like I have the privilege of being his mom because what I did with him was just kind of opening the windows, and uh, it was his own decisions, his own choices, his own his own essence what made him fly through all those windows that we opened together because Juan um, under the circumstances that we started, he could very well um, take other choices in life but I think that because we came from a family that Instill in us the values and the principles of what makes a a good human being. I was able to do that with him, um, but he took off. I mean, I, I, he is the one who has been flying higher than I even expected. Uh, when he, <laughs> he still remembers. I one thing I will tell him since little is when we are going to do something, we do it right from the beginning. Whatever he wants to do, he could. He wants to play the guitar, then he learns. He wants to, you know, play something, then he does the best uh, of sports, whatever. So I think that that as a mom, it has to, oh, it just made me um, just think that, That's a privilege that I am his mom. I didn't do much for it. But I just hold his hand until he was able to fly on his own and just let it go.
2: I think it's probably natural for great moms to selectively forget what they've contributed to the success of their children. But it's also clear to me how much work Patricia put into making Juan's life in the US a good one overcoming struggles at every turn and ultimately starting back at the beginning with Gabriel. Only this time, she won't be flying alone. Status is produced by me, Matt Horton. Music was provided by Norton Asilius, Tyler Vanarsdale, Sferia, and Ben Mitchell. The Status theme song is Bread and Circuses Are Back by Ben Mitchell. If you love the show, please do one or both of these two things. Leave a review on iTunes, or share this episode with a friend or on social media. Need an easy link to send people to? statuspodcast.com slash iTunes will send iPhone users right to the podcast app and statuspodcast.com slash pocketcasts will work for almost everybody else if you have a story you want told please email me at podcaststatus at gmail.com I'm actively looking for new stories until next time thank you so so much for listening